Good morning, everyone. It's a privilege for me this morning to read this passage from the Bible to you as a newest member of this church. Thank you. It took a while, but I've joined. <laughs> Thank you for your congratulations. And Okay, the reading today is from Romans chapter 15, <coughs> verses 22 to 33. I'll be reading 23 to 33. And you can find it on page 922 in the Church Bibles. Okay, it's up there. <coughs> Paul's plan to visit Rome. But now that there is no more place for me to work in these regions, and since I have been longing for many years to see you, I plan to do so when I go to Spain. I hope to visit you while passing through and to have you assist me on my journey there after I have enjoyed your company for a while. Now, however, I am on my way to Jerusalem in the service of the saints there. For Macedonia and Achaia were pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the saints in Jerusalem. They were pleased to do it, and indeed, they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have shared in the Jews' spiritual blessings, they owe it to the Jews to share with them material blessings. So after I have completed this task and have made sure that they have received this fruit, I will go to Spain and visit you on the way. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the full measure of the blessing of Christ. I urge you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. Pray that I may be rescued from the unbelievers in Judea and that my service in Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints there so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and together with you be refreshed. The God of peace be with you all. Amen. As I stand up here this morning, it's on my mind that uh, the privilege of joining together as brothers and sisters in Christ is not shared by everyone around the world and um, there's places where it's not, you can't just gather like this and um, look to Christ and worship him and so it feels to me like a really big privilege for us just to gather right now uh, to look to his word, to pray together, to honour him in, in, in our singing. So um, let's pray again just before we open up the scriptures. Hey, Father, <clears throat> thank you that you are our Father uh, with, such, with such compassion for us uh, in all our brokenness and lostness and wandering and weakness. You come to us as a Father. Uh, you've granted us uh, a, a washing in Christ. You've granted us strength in the Holy Spirit and you've granted us a future. And so, Father, as we, as we open up this word, we're asking, Lord, that your light would shine through it, that we'd be encouraged, rebuked, corrected, Lord, strengthened, Lord, by this word, and that our joy would be in you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> I don't know whether you've ever had this experience where you've maybe had a teacher in your life and you've really, really admired that teacher. Uh, you've uh, listened to them, have a big, big impact on your life, and uh, you're really, really thankful for them. But there comes a point 
at some stage where that teacher, you get invited into their home, uh, you get invited into their, their whole personal world and you begin to know them in a way that uh, is different from when you're just receiving teaching from them. In some ways, when we come to the, these passage, passages in Romans, towards the end of Romans, I feel like we're being invited into Paul's life, into his heart, and we're beginning to know him in a way that's not just this amazing, amazing teaching that we've received. We're getting to know him as a person. And there's things in this passage from Romans 15, the end of Romans 15, which, which have impacted me that I feel like, oh, wow, I need forgiveness for that. Things that um, have encouraged uh, and instructed me. And I hope that they'll encourage and instruct you as we look at them this morning. And I, my desire is that we will have a hunger in our own hearts to have a, a deeper relationship with our Lord and King as a result of looking at these verses. And so this is what I'd like to do. I'd like to, I'd like to just fly over with a helicopter this, just this passage of scripture um, that Cathy read to us. And then I'd like to speak about four aspects of this passage that I hope um, God would like to speak to us uh, this morning. So let's just do the helicopter fly over. And what this passage is, is that Paul begins the passage and he says, but now there's no more place for me to work in these regions. Paul has been, had this um, amazing call on his life to work in a pioneer capacity. He loved to go to places where, uh, other, where no one had ever heard of Christ before. And he's, he's now writing to the Romans. He's never visited Rome. And he's writing to these people in Rome and he's saying to them, I feel as though the, the work that God has had for me in the eastern part of the Roman Empire is now complete. In the sense that I've planted churches all over the place. I've been to places where Christ is not ever, ever known. But now I've got it in my heart to go to Spain, which is right on the western part of the Roman Empire. And that's the place where Christ has never been heard before. And it's just burning in my heart that I want to go west. I want to go west to Spain. And he's, but he's writing to the Romans and he says, I have longed for many, many years. I've never visited you. But I've longed for many years to visit you and now that my work here in the east is finished, as I go to Spain in the west, I'm going to visit you. I'm going to have a long-held desire in my heart to be with you will be fulfilled. But he said, before I do, I've got a journey, another journey, another trip that I want to fulfill and that is I want to go to Jerusalem. I want to go to, to Jerusalem because there has been a collection made amongst the churches of money and there's some poor people in Jerusalem, they're really, really poor, Jewish Christians, and I want to deliver that money to them. Once that money's de delivered, I will come back on my way to Spain, I will see you in Rome. And at the end of this passage, he asks for prayer. So that's a helicopter overview of this passage from Romans 15. But I want to just pull out four things um, from this passage with you um, for us to meditate on and for the Lord to speak to us. This is the first one. 
Number one is a mark of Jesus in Paul, in Paul's life, is that he wanted to be with the Lord's people. I'll tell you where I'm coming from. Paul says in this passage, he says in verse 23, but now there is no more place for me to work in these regions and since I've been longing for many years to visit you. I just want to hone in on that word longing. Paul doesn't know these Romans. Many of them he's never met. And yet in his heart there is a longing. And it's not the first time he mentions it. In, in Earlier in Romans, um, he, he says, I, I long to see you so that I may impart some spiritual gift for you. So burning in Paul's heart is a longing to be with these Roman Christians whom he has never met. And I'll tell you why that impacts me. Because, you know, if I wanted to go to Rome... I'd probably want to go to Rome to see the Pantheon or I'd want to go to Rome to see the Colosseum or I'd want to go to Rome to see all the wonders there. And that's not bad. Many of you have done that and that's not bad. But there was something else operating in Paul that was different and that is that he wanted to be in Rome to be with the believers, to be with them. And and this is not just a passing fad for him. He has had this longing to be with the believers. He he emphasises it in a few ways because (laughs) he says later on, he said, I want to enjoy your company. And he says, I want to be refreshed by being with you. And so I want to now speak with you, just have a chat with you all. Because we gather here on, on Sundays, we could, we could do a lot from home if we could get internet teaching, we could, um, we could get instruction from here or there, but there is a reason that we gather, because we want to be with each other. There's something about being with, and Paul is wanting to travel uh, over a thousand kilometres just to be See them face to face, to sit across the kitchen table from them, to, to know them and to be, with, to be with the believers. He loved to be with them. It wasn't another pastoral burden for him. He said, oh, no, I have to go and see those people. It wasn't like that. There was this, this deep desire to be with them. Do you know... That tells me something about what Christ does in every human heart. Christ comes to every human heart and he does something so deep in us that all the masks, you know how I don't want you to get too close to me, this is how we are as human beings a little bit, I don't want you to get too close to me in case you find out who I really am. Um, I don't want to mix with you because I'm scared that you'll condemn me. I, I don't Uh, I I, want to keep people far away from me. What Christ does through his death and rising is something very profound in every human heart. He takes the masks off. He washes my shame away. He, 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 He removes the barriers. And because he is so great and what he has done on the cross is so complete in terms of um, renewing me on the inside that now... There's this longing 
there's this longing for believers to be with one another. So even in home groups, on Sundays, in each other's homes, I'm just wanting to encourage you to know that what God has done for us in Christ is to pull the walls down between us across ethnic lines, across denominational lines, across family. And I'm wanting to um, encourage us all. And I have to confess, I don't think I've done this well. I almost feel like I need your forgiveness on this. I don't feel like I've done this well. But I'm encouraging us um, to, to be a people that invite each other into our homes to be in home groups and to know each other deeply because it is an expression of all that God has done for us in Christ. He's renewed us, he's blessed us and he's binding us in to a community. So that's the first one. The second one is an indicator of spiritual riches is generosity with material riches. Listen to what it says in, in verse 25. It says, Now, however, I'm on my way to Jerusalem in the service of the Lord's people there. For Macedonia and Achaia were pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the Lord's people in Jerusalem. So I'm just wanting us to spend just a few minutes thinking about what's going on here. Paul is desiring to go to Spain. That's what is on his heart. His great heart, his great call on his life is to make the gospel of Christ known. That's just burning in him. And he wants to go to Spain and on his way to Spain he's going to visit the Romans, okay? But he said, now however, I'm on my way to Jerusalem. And I just need to point this out to you that Jerusalem is in, is in the totally opposite direction. It'll put 3,000 kilometres on his journey to Spain to go to... He's got to go all the way to Jerusalem, deliver this money that's been collected from, um, from Macedonia and Achaia, and then he's got to come back and go to Spain via Rome. Why, Paul? Why? Would you ever put 3,000 kilometres on your journey, probably largely by foot or horseback or by ship, but 3,000 kilometres in those days? And, And the point is that this delivering of money for Paul from the churches, from the believers in Christ, is is really weighing on his heart. And in fact, he's been collecting this money for a long time. He repeats it in the letters in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, in 2 Corinthians chapter eight, uh, chapter 8 and 9. He talks about this collection that he's making from the churches because he knows there's some poor people in Jerusalem. And part of the thinking in Paul is that the, the, the riches that the, the, the Gentiles, that's the non-Jews, have received in the gospel of Christ have all come through the Jews. 
Jesus was a Jew. He's a Jewish Messiah. All the promises that have been funneled now to us in terms of the forgiveness of sins, eternal life, resurrection in in future, and all the amazing, amazing blessings that have come to us, the richness of the blessings that have come to us, have all come through the Jews. And so now these Gentiles are saying, there's some poor people in Jerusalem. They're Jews. They're believers in Christ. And we would love to help. We want to bless them. We want to bless them by giving them money. So this is my point. When spiritual riches have touched um, someone's heart, it's going to touch their hip pocket as well. It's going to touch their bank account. It's going to touch their, the way they spend money. When, if, if, this is true for, for me and for you, if, if, we have been, if we have received riches, like tremendous, tremendous riches, like unbelievable riches in Christ, that he died for us, that he rose in power, and now that we are in him, we are freed from all the sin, we, we, we are delivered from the darkness and the kingdom of darkness, we have been given eternal life, and if we have, if you and I have really received spiritual riches, it will touch our money. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Do you know, an indicator of us receiving spiritual riches is generosity with material riches. Now, probably someone's here thinking, oh no, here's another pastor trying to line his pockets um, with the money from the people. And I have to say, there are some terrible, horrible examples of pastors pulling money out of people for wicked and terrible purposes. But if you've been here very long, for, for 10 years, for example, you'll know that we hardly ever mention money in here. But Paul does. And he's often saying, I want you to give. I want you to give because it's a joy. It's a joy. I remember an Aboriginal pastor that used to be my pastor and he used to say to me, I have no problem in asking my pastor, my people to give because it is such a blessing for them to be engaged in the Lord's work. Such a blessing to be involved in a material way. And when we have been, when we have uh, been receiving spiritual gifts and spiritual riches, it will affect us and we will love to give in material riches. In fact, it says here, Paul mentions it twice. He says, twice he says it. He says they were pleased to give. <laughs> and in actual fact, I don't know whether you can believe this, but it says of the Macedonians in the midst of severe trial, so they were experiencing severe trial, their overflowing joy and extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. So they had extreme trial, they had severe poverty, but the the spiritual riches had so touched their heart that they became generous. And so I'm talking now to you, to Wagga Baptist Church and to me. 
We need to be people that are generous. We're, we're, invi- we're involved in God's kingdom advance, his glorious kingdom advance, and we, it, it must touch our, our pockets as well. Enjoy giving. Have the joy of giving um, to God's kingdom. Do you know our vision here at Wagga Baptist Church would be for us to know Christ and to make him known to others. We would love to see more and more disciples growing. We'd love to see leaders being raised up right across the region. Yes, we would. For in decades to come. And I'm just inviting you to be involved Yes, in giving, but maybe even in other ways of your life that you would love to be involved in what God is doing uh, for his kingdom and for Christ. So that's the second thing. The third thing is, number three, prayer is deep involvement. Prayer is deep involvement. So we've talked about money and now I want to talk to you about prayer. Listen to what Paul says in this chapter. He says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. So I'm just just wanting, I just want to speak now about prayer in your life and in my life. Prayer. I urge you. You know, up till this point, Paul has hardly asked anything of the Romans. But now he asks something of them and he says, I urge you. And that word urge is actually a very strong word in Greek. I urge you, brothers and sisters. And he makes it even stronger by saying, by our Lord Jesus. And so he pulls out the authority of Christ and by the love of the Spirit. I'm urging you on both accounts. (laughs) I'm urging you by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, the the, the love that the Spirit of Christ works in you, I'm urging you to do something now and this is what I'm urging you to do, to pray. Do you know Paul is a thousand kilometres away from these Romans and, 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 and they hardly know what's going on there at all. But Paul is inviting them in to deep involvement in his ministry with prayer. And so I'm just wanting to say to you this morning, and I'm a slow learner, I'm a slow learner, so I'm, I'm with you, but I'm just wanting to encourage us all. I want you to know that prayer is deep, deep involvement in ministry. The, the word here is, join me in my struggle by praying um, to God for me. And I, Do you know, I can... I can, if I want to organise this thing and that thing and start this campaign and whatever and do it all with my own abilities. But it's usually just a total failure. And when we pray, when we pray, when we are joining and and, and urgently joining the struggle of prayer, that that word struggle indicates that prayer is something of exertion. It's not just sort of some... uh, it's, it's of exertion. And so I'm wanting us, I'm wanting you as individuals and us as a church to know more and more of what it is to enter into the struggle of prayer. To be, to be doing, to be advancing the kingdom of Christ through our, through our prayers. 
I think there's few things that are more important than this. That's a big statement for a pastor to make. But we're inclined to think that um, if, if we strategize this way or if we do this in this way, that we will accomplish what we want to accomplish. But for kingdom advance, for the advance of Christ's kingdom, again and again, right through the Old Testament and the New Testament, the, the people of God pray. And so I want to, with Paul, urge you, brothers and sisters, to join the struggle. Pray. Pray. It's easy for a pastor to say this and you think, yeah, yeah, I'm going to pray more. But I know and you know, I know my own life and you know your own life, that the things get busy, that the first thing that drops out of our calendar is prayer. We, we, get, we get just too busy. But I'm just encouraging you to make time. For me, what's helpful for me is if I go and walk somewhere, walk up the hills and pray. Often I'll pray out loud because it's a way of me not getting distracted and thinking about that the dishes need washing or something else. I don't know. But, 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 but to pray and to join others in prayer. So that's the, the third thing. Maybe I'll just say, ask a question about what were the prayers that Paul asked for prayer for here? Were they answered? And he asks actually for two things. He asks that he, when he goes to Rome, no, when he goes to Jerusalem, that he will be kept safe. And the reason he's asking for prayer that he'd be kept safe is that he knows that once he gets into Jerusalem, there's a lot of people that hate him and hate his gospel and that want to kill him. <coughs> what actually happens when he gets to Jerusalem is that he goes into the temple and if you remember rightly... Uh, I'll read it to you from Acts 21. The whole city, someone recognises who he is. <laughs> that's, that, that's that guy. And, they reckon, and it says the whole city was aroused and the people came running from all directions and seizing Paul, they dragged him from the temple and immediately the gates were shut. While they were trying to kill him, news reached the commander of the Roman troops that the whole city of Jerusalem was in an uproar. He, was once, he, he at once took some of the officers and soldiers and ran down to the crowd and when the, the, when the rioters saw the commander and the soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. And the story goes on. But was the prayer answered that, that Paul was kept safe? Well, kind of yes and kind of no. Well, he was kept safe. But he, what, they did drag him around and they were smashing into him and they were wanting to kill him, but... But God intervened by sending Roman soldiers and he was kept safe. Do you know the way we pray is not always the way that God answers the prayer, but it's always to his will. And again, this phrase is in here. Paul says, according to God's will. God accomplishes much through our prayers, but not always in the way that we had anticipated. He does keep him safe and he does land him in Rome actually but he, when he lands in Rome, do you know what? He lands in Rome as a prisoner. Not how he had thought he was going to come to Rome. He comes to Rome as a prisoner and he does make Christ known in Rome but not how he anticipated. And for us, Paul thought he was going to go to Spain. It's not clear whether he ever got to Spain or not. He might have. 
But Paul's life was governed by God. And so I want to just encourage you. you. Some of you have been praying and praying and praying and you haven't seen the answers to your prayers that you anticipated. Please, don't give up. Please, keep praying. The answer is coming as you faithfully pray, but maybe not quite as you anticipated. Lastly, and number four, rich blessings of Christ are to be received. <clears throat> and where the verse of scripture that I'm getting this from, and I, I would love you to hear, is um, Paul's words at verse 29. He says, I know that when I come to you, he's talking to the Romans, I will come with the full measure of the blessing of Christ. Do you know if Paul wrote us a letter, hypothetically, if Paul wrote us a letter uh, as Wagga Baptist Church, and I was reading to you now, and he says, um, I want you to know that when I come to you, I, I will come with the full measure of the blessings of Christ think you'd want to be here think you'd want to be here the apostle paul is coming and he's coming with the full measure of the blessings of christ and i don't think what he means by that is that um there's you you're going to suddenly um you're going to become wealthy and suddenly you're going to have this and that what he means is the richness of all that god has done for us in christ he's going to come and he's going to be a a conduit, a means by which we can receive the full measure of the blessings of Christ. And so my longing for you this morning, and for me, but my longing for you as a pastor, is for each one of us to receive the full measure of the blessings of Christ. We don't want to be live, living in spiritual poverty we don't want to live at spiritual paupers. We want to receive the full measure of the blessings of Christ. And so I want that for you, to walk in the fullness of Christ. Do you know it's often what the New Testament is, is offering? It does not mean that there will not be sufferings. That's not what it means. It does not mean that there will not be famine and hardship and poverty because even in this, bio, in this text, some Christians were in poverty. That's not what it means. But what it means is that our faith in Christ is so rich and so full and we're walking so close to Christ that we are serving him and loving him and got confidence and joy that this world cannot give. So I'm... I'm wanting to encourage you in something that maybe you don't even have the faith for. And that is that God has got riches for us in Christ. And he's desiring that we know those riches. The riches of, of salvation, the riches of having your shame taken away, the riches of having your guilt removed, the riches of having the Spirit of Christ fill you and give you joy where you didn't think you had. The riches of having peace that only God can give. All these are riches that the Bible is offering to us. They don't come from the world. Yes, you can make more money, but you will not receive these riches from more money. Yes, you can make a name for yourself, but that's not where the riches will come. The riches come from the Lord, from the gospel 
from his word, by the work of the spirit, deep, deep riches. I'm wanting to plummet those riches myself and I'm wanting for you to know, to receive more and more of the riches of Christ. Let me pray. Lord, uh, we, we are those that uh, are yours because of all the Christ has done in dying and rising again. Father, we're asking that you would make us a community that love to be in each other's presence, that we can't get enough of each other, that we're refreshed in each other's presence. Lord, we want to be people whose spiritual riches touch our bank accounts and um, so that we're generous givers for the glory of Christ. Lord, we want to be people of prayer. Lord, so that we're engaged in the advance of your kingdom through prayer. And Lord, we, we really also want to be people that have our hands out for the riches that you are offering in Christ, the great riches, the peace that comes from Christ, so that we might not live, Lord, as spiritual paupers, but as those that are rich, really, really rich in our Lord Jesus. Help us, Lord, we pray. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.